You're listening to Tell It from Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by our senior pastor, Dr. Abraham Joseph. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here's today's message. Let's go to God in prayer before we uh, go to his word. Our Father and our God, uh, we thank you this morning for the privilege to come into your presence to worship you. And we come to this time when we hear from you, from your word, through your spirit. Thank you, Father, that you have revealed yourself in your word. Uh, you you uh, show yourself to us through your word. And uh, that's the only reliable place to, to look for who you are and uh, uh, why you have made this world and us and how we ought to live in light of who you of who you are as our God, our Creator, our Redeemer, our Father. Teach us today that we would leave from here knowing you better and uh, filled with faith that moves to the courage of obedience uh, as witnesses for the Lord Jesus, even as we live according to your word. We ask in your Son's precious name that you would do this for us today. Amen. One more thing uh, before I forget. Uh, uh, there's an opportunity to sign up for a vacation Bible school, but uh, just to continue from last week, it's also an opportunity to serve. Uh, vacation Bible school is always a fun time to launch into opportunities to serve in the congregation. Uh, so look for Pastor Jim Loki and see if uh, he could, uh, you could serve in some capacity. And also, if you know children or young people who need to be part of Vacation Bible School, sign them up. I shouldn't forget my clicker. Stay true to your new self. Now, be true to yourself is the anthem of our times. We see it everywhere. Uh, who's not moved by that, uh, uh, that song when all the, the so-called misfits in that movie, The Greatest Showman, gather up the courage and take to the streets and sing, I am brave, I am bruised, I am whom, I am who I meant to be, this is me. Look out, cause here I come and I'm marching on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen, I make no apologies, this is me. I'm sure there are people who agree with uh, Lady Gaga in her song, Born This Way, when she throws a number of ways of lives uh, of living life and justifies them by, uh, by saying, I am beautiful in my way because God makes no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. Don't hide yourself in regret. Just love yourself and you're set. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. I won't sing it for you. Uh, <laughs> and don't go looking for it in Google either or, or YouTube. Uh, so whether it's a case of life imitating art or art imitating life, being true to oneself is the song of our times. Whether it takes the commendable forms of uh, being authentic and transparent or, 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 or a skewed expression of justifying one's uh, actions and life choices and desires. See, there's nothing wrong in being true to yourself. The problem is whether the self that you're true to is the, is the true self. 
Uh, the scriptures also call us to be true to ourselves. However, the self that we are to be true to is, is the new self that has been created in Christ. We are no longer who we used to be. God has united us to Christ through the Holy Spirit who indwells us. We have died to sin and the death of Christ. We have been raised together with him to live a new life unto God. It is this new life to which we are called to be true. Scripture says it differently than saying stay true to yourself. We saw this last Sunday where scriptures call us to stay true to ourselves by calling us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called. That's how Paul opened chapter 4 that we looked at last week. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And Ephesians 4.1 is not the only place we find this call to be true to our new self. We find it in many places in Ephesians, but also in Galatians 5.25, Philippians 1, Colossians 1, 2, 1 Thessalonians 2, and 1 John 2, and so on. I'll just read one of them. In Colossians 2.6, Paul would write to them, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, or live in Him. So this is a repeated refrain that we find in the scriptures, stay true to your new self. We have seen this before. We are just beyond the halfway point in Ephesians. Paul began his letter by praising and blessing God for not only uh, saving us to the praise of his glory, but for letting us in, to the, in the, on the revealed mystery concerning what he's going to do to redeem and to renew his fallen world. He has raised up and exalted Christ above all powers and uh, has given him as head of the church and the Lord of all creation. The proof of Christ's exaltation is first our freedom in salvation from the powers that held us in bondage to, to sin and to death. And secondly, the unity between Jews and Gentiles who were previously divided and hostile to one another, but have, now been, uh, but have now been reconciled into one body, the new creation, the new temple of God where he dwells through his spirit. Christ continues to do his work even through an imprisoned apostle through whom he is drawing people from all places far and near to be his own through the church, weak as it is. He's putting the powers on notice that God intends to do for all creation what he has begun to do in the church, to gather up all things, uniting them to Christ to make them new. That God is able to do much more than we can ask or think ensures that he will fulfill his purposes that are good for his creation. And last week we... we Past the halfway mark into chapter 4, we looked at verses 1 to 16, and Paul begins to discuss how those who are saved by grace ought to live out that salvation. He called the Ephesians to live in light of what God is doing in his world. That walk of life requires the virtues of humility and gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love so that we may maintain or preserve the unity of the spirit that is founded in all things in the Godhead, one Father, one Lord, one Spirit, one body, one faith, one hope, one baptism. These are the things that unite us, and we are called to preserve that unity. And unity leads to maturity of the whole body and individuals thereof, 
when those who are given to the church by Christ, pastors and teachers and evangelists and so on, equip believers to do the work of the ministry. The church grows to maturity when every believer, and every believer has been given this gift from Christ, brings their Christ-given gift in order to build one another up. And that's where we left off in the story last week. We pick it up in chapter 4, verses uh, 17 through 24, where Paul returns to his exhortation in chapter 4, verse 1, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we are called. Ephesians 4, 17 to 24 can be divided into two sections. First, an exhortation not to live as we used to live. And second, an exhortation to stay true to our new selves. Don't live like those who do not know Christ. Chapter 4, verses 17 to 19. Live like a Christian. That's who you are. 4, 20 to 24. Paul first picks up on the negative. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to the hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So in this first section, Paul exhorts the Ephesians to live a different way of life than the surrounding culture, uh, the one in which they now live and one which they were part of before they came to know Christ, or Christ brought them to himself. Paul then goes on to describe in verses 18 and 19 the ungodly and immoral way of life that he has called, the, that, uh, that he has called them to leave behind. He begins this section with, uh, now this I say. Those words can be also translated as, so I say this, or therefore I say this. He's referring back to what he said previously, not just in 4, 1 to 16, which began with a call to live in a manner worthy of the calling with which they have been called, but to all that he has written so far in chapters 1 through 3 as well, concerning God's great work of salvation, because of which the Ephesians have a new identity as the people of God. So this section and what follows in this letter is an exhortation to stay true to this new identity that has been wrought by God in Christ and through the Spirit. So our new identity requires a new way of life. So he begins with that exhortation. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. He begins with the negative, the don't do this of the, uh, exhortation. He not only says to them, but he insists or testifies that they need to heed to his instructions. Because these instructions are not just from him. He says, he, I, I say and testify in the Lord. He's the apostle of their Lord. So the instructions that he's giving them is not from just him, but from the Lord who sent him. It carries the weight of uh, an instruction from the Lord himself. He says, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. It's not like a style of 